Good morning, everyone. I think that's the, I think that's the whistle for kickoff, is it? Excellent. I'm just a little confused this morning because the, the clock at the back of the church is running slow. So I'm starting just after 11, but when I come to preach, I'll use that one because it's slower. Okay, you've got a copy of the um, announcement sheet in front of you. Just a couple of things that I need to, to draw to your attention. Uh, afternoon service today at 3 o'clock. Um, our evening event is, is cancelled, as you can see, uh, for tonight. And then next Sunday... Um, at the end of our morning service, we're doing a special presentation uh, to Dr. Savage. He'll be um, celebrating his 50th anniversary of his ordination, and he'll be along with us next Sunday, and there'll be a presentation at the end of the service and an opportunity for us to, uh, to greet him uh, at a reception in the hall afterwards. So I hope you'll come and be part of that next Sunday. Everything else is there uh, for your information and uh, You've also, this morning, uh, the Stormit News is available, so those who are distributors, if you would like to pick those up and uh, get those out, that would be really, really helpful. But there is one item you'll have noticed on the SPC News this morning, uh, the, the sad news of uh, the death of Gareth Maxwell. Uh, it occurred this week, and uh, Gareth will be, uh, there'll be a funeral service for Gareth tomorrow here in the church at 2 o'clock. And we would ask you to remember his, his family and his family circle at this particular time. Perhaps we can just take a, a moment uh, to pray for Garth's family uh, and for anyone else who has been bereaved in recent weeks and months. So let's pray together. Father, we come to you this morning and we do so with a real sense of, of shock and sadness at this news. We want to Thank you for Gareth and for all the work that he did here. Very much behind the scenes, but a man who uh, could turn his hand to many things and was a, a constant source of help and support. We want to pray for his family, for his daughters and for their families, that they will know your strength and your comfort and your grace at this time. And Father, we're conscious that they're, that they're not the only family who have been bereaved, or indeed the only family facing difficulty at this time. And we remember all those who are grieving, all those who are concerned for loved ones. Father, we thank you that you are a God of compassion, a God of grace, and a God of love. And we lift these families to you, those who are known to many of us and some only known to some of us. But we pray that this morning, even as we pray for them, they will be aware of your presence and your peace and your love. Hear this our prayer. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to sing a piece together this morning, and uh, it's one of our video pieces, and it's called You Are, so all the actions will be on the on the screens, you're probably best advised to follow the actions on the screens rather than following me. <laughs> but we'll have a go. Will we stand and sing, You Are? Okay, you're, you're nicely warmed up. Am I, am I on? You can hear me? Yes? Great. Okay. You're nicely warmed up, so you'll be in the, in the right frame then to join in with this story.
Again, lots of, of words to listen for, lots of actions. We're, we're determined to keep you as fit and healthy a congregation as we possibly can. Okay, so when you hear the word nice, I just want you to smile at me. Nice. Oh, that's wonderful. That's great. When you hear the word nasty, I want you to growl. Nasty. Yeah, you're much too good at that. Okay. When you hear the word rich, just do that. Comes so naturally to you, doesn't it? All right. When you hear the word poor, just put out the the hands. Okay? So nice, nasty, rich, poor. Okay. Big, I want you to look up. That's easy. Little, I want you to look down. Busy, just want you to do that. Okay? Lazy, I want you to do that. Okay? So lazy. Work, just type furiously. All right? Just type furiously. So we try those again. So big, look up. Little, look down. Busy. Work. All right. Holiday. Holiday, you've got to... I've got to put this down for holiday because this one's more complicated. Holiday, you've got to take the sun cream and slap it on your face. All right? So holiday, slap. All right. Okay. Great. Quiet. So quiet. Excellent. Noisy. Oi! There we go. There we go. And friendly. You just wave. And not so friendly. All right? So I'll run through them all once more. All right? See if you're with me. Okay? So here we go. So nice. Nasty. Rich. Poor. Big. Little. Busy. Busy. Work. Holiday. Slap. Quiet. Shh. Noisy. Oi. Friendly. Not so friendly. All right. Now you've got to keep up with this. All right. Here we go. Treat everybody the same. When it's a hot day, the sun shines on everyone. Doesn't it? It shines on the nice people. And on the nasty people. It shines on the rich people. And the poor people. It shines on the big people. And the little people. It shines on the busy people. And the busy people. It shines on the people at work. And the people on holiday. Squirt. Slap. Whether they're quiet. Noisy. Friendly. Not so friendly. When it rains... And we need water. It rains on the nice people and the nasty people. It rains on the rich people and the poor people. On the big people and the little people. It rains on the busy people. It rains on the lazy people. It rains on the people at work. The people on holiday slap. Whether they're quiet, noisy, oi, friendly, not so friendly. And when it snows, It snows. Are you ready? Here we go. It snows on the nice, nasty, rich, poor, busy, lazy, at work, on holiday. 
God sends the same weather on us and treats us all the same. So try to treat people the same. Whether they're nice, nasty, big, little, rich, poor, busy, lazy, quiet, noisy, friendly, not so friendly. And you didn't keep up at all. <laughs> try not to judge or criticize just because people are different. Remember, to them, you look different. So whether they're, for the last time, come on, let's give it one go, will we? For the last time. Whether they're nice, nasty, big, little, rich, poor, busy, lazy, quiet, noisy, friendly, not so friendly. Let them bring out the best in you, not the worst. Jesus had lots to say about how we would deal with one another. And he taught us to deal with each other in the way that God deals with us. God has no favorites. God loves us all. And God sent Jesus into the world for us all. And he calls you and me to be like him, to love and care and demonstrate that everyone matters, whoever they are, wherever they're from, whatever they've done, whatever they've not done. Treat everyone the same. Let them bring out the best in you, not the worst. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you don't have your favorites, a little group of people that you treat special and the rest of us you ignore. You love us all. And you demonstrated that by sending Jesus. We pray you will help us to be like you, to take our lead from you, to follow your pattern and your example. And we thank you that you have promised to give us the strength to do that. Hear this our prayer, for we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to let our little ones leave us now for jam and for making disciples. We'll catch up with you later over coffee. We're going to sing a couple of pieces together. Now, one is a, a, a very traditional piece, Come Thy Fount of Every Blessing. And it just reminds us of the God who pours out his blessing upon us and how he's done that supremely in Jesus. But because we've received God's blessing, we are also then to be a blessing. In our second piece, Everyone Needs Compassion, uh, talks about that need for everyone to receive God's love and grace in their lives and the role that we play in being messengers and being demonstrators of God's love and grace. So let's stand as we sing, Come thou find of every blessing and everyone needs compassion. Heavenly Father, we rejoice in your assurance that where two or three are gathered in your name, you are in our midst. Draw near to us now as we draw near to you in prayer. Dispel our anxious thoughts. Let us shut out everything except you. In the quiet peace of your presence, we lay before you our weaknesses and our feelings. Father, forgive us where we have hurt others and grieved you. Put a spirit of service and gratitude into our hearts. Grant to each a spirit which embraces what comes our way, not as an inconvenience, but as an opportunity to serve. We pray for your world 
a world created by you in grandeur and beauty, yet today in seemingly endless conflict and division, once stable nations in conflict with one another for territorial gain, political supremacy, or failure to coexist with others of a different culture or faith. Media report bring into our homes on a virtually daily basis news of death and destruction as man's inhumanity to man reaches new lows in cardice and brutality. The news from Bangladesh over recent days on the plight of countless thousands, including infant children, fleeing from the genocide in Myanmar is particularly horrifying. Heavenly Father, turn the hearts of world leaders from dominance to dialogue. Forgive those who inflict unspeakable suffering on sorrow and others. Steer them to new paths where they can experience your love and repentance. Be very near to those who suffer. In these war-torn regions, those weighed down by tragedy and loss, be their presence in the dark that brings them hope and the firm foundation on which to rebuild their lives. And bless particularly those agencies and individuals who work to provide medical supplies, food, and comfort to the most needy. We pray for our land. Heavenly Father, at a time when government seeks to negotiate a path outside the European community, we pray for your guiding hand in the divisive and complex negotiations that are underway. A guiding hand that will rebuild the bonds of trust between great nations and lead to a revised European Union that offers justice, friendship, prosperity, and security for all its people. We pray for our own province that as politicians stumble yet again and again in their search for the formation of a local assembly, time, we are told, is fast running out. Heavenly Father, even at this late hour, defeat the rejectionist. Open minds to reasonableness. Promote compromise and encourage our politicians to prize the public good above self-gain or party supremacy. And if direct rule must follow, grant those charged with the governance of our province wisdom and direction in the years ahead and policies which place the welfare and security of our citizens as their highest priority. Finally, we pray for our congregation. Bless our worship, Bible study, and teaching. Give us joy in worshiping with each other. May we show the image of Christ to the community around us. Bless those who lead us, Alban, Brent, and all who hold office in our organizational life. Give to each the skill to inspire and a knowledge of their value to us. Let them show forth the joy that comes from serving you. We pray that others will join them. We pray too for those of our members whose lives are shadowed by sadness, those whose illness is prolonged and has no simple cure, those whose loneliness is slow to fill, those whose bereavement still aches. Blanket them with your strength to endure. Be their ever-constant support. We pray for our young people. Let our attitude to them be welcoming and supportive. Through our example, may they come to know that your grace is sufficient for all their needs. These prayers we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. The reading this morning is from Matthew 5, verses 33 to 48 from the Message Version. And don't say anything you don't mean. This counsel is embedded deep in our transi- traditions. 
You only make things worse when you lay down a smokescreen of past talk saying, I'll pray for you, and never doing it, or saying, God be with you, and not meaning it. You don't make your words true by embellishing them in religious lace. In making your speech sound more religious, it becomes less true. Just say yes or no. When you manipulate words to get your own way, you do wrong. Here's another old saying that deserves a second look. Eye for eye, tooth for tooth. Is that going to get us anywhere? Here's what I propose. Don't hit back at all. If someone strikes you, stand there and take it. If someone drags you into court and sues for the shirt off your back, gift wrap your best coat and present it. And if someone takes unfair advantage of you, use the occasion to practice the servant life. No more tit-for-tat stuff. Live generously. You're familiar with the old written law, love your friend, and its unwritten companion, hate your enemy. I'm challenging that. I'm telling you to love your enemies. Let them bring out the best in you, not the worst. When someone gives you a hard time, respond with the energies of prayer, for then you're working out of your true selves, your God-created selves. This is what God does. He gives his best, the sun to warm, the rain to nourish, to everyone regardless, the good and the bad, the nice and the nasty. If all you do is love the lovable, do you expect a bonus? Anyone can do that. If you simply say hello to those who greet you, do you expect a medal? Any run-of-the-mill sinner does that. In a word, what I am saying is grow up. Your kingdom subjects. Now live like it. Live out your God-created identity. Live generously and graciously towards others the way God lives towards you. We're going to watch a little video just at this point in the service. Thanks, Tom. Living generously doesn't have to start with great or profound acts. It can start with simple things, small things. The ice cream guy in the video dismissed the kid as a bit of a nuisance. Yet by the end of the video, the simple, small actions of that young boy, just a few pennies and a scribbled thank you note on a napkin, revealed a generosity of heart the ice cream guy had never anticipated and he would never forget. I wonder when you and I hear the words live generously, I wonder do we find ourselves thinking, I can do that when I have more. I can do that when I have more time. I can do that when I have more money. I can do that when I have more opportunity. I can do that when I have more influence. I can do that when I have more status. I can do that when I have more. With the closing words of Matthew 5, live generously and graciously toward others the way God lives toward you. 
Jesus raises the bar. Jesus raises the bar. He does so for this reason. This is the secret to living. And this is the secret to life. You heard it here this morning. The secret to life. We, that is the world, the society, you and I, have made life all about getting. We've made life all about getting. I read this week that some of the big stores in London have already revealed their Christmas windows. You can walk into any of our shops and, and the merchandise for Christmas is there. In fact, I understand even some shops are beginning to pump cinnamon and other things through their air conditioning system to make it smell like Christmas. It's still October. Are they just really sentimental for Christmas? Or are they just in the business of getting us to get stuff, to get more? Jesus teaches us. Jesus models for us. And Jesus ultimately dies on a cross to show us that the opposite is true. Life is not about getting. It's about giving. Let me read again those opening words of, of the passage that Suzanne read for us. And we've taken it from the message translation this morning. That's Peterson's translation. That's really quite earthy and he gets right to the heart of the point. And don't say anything you don't mean. This counsel is embedded deep in our, our traditions. You only make things worse when you lay down a smokescreen of pious talk saying, I'll pray for you, and never doing it. Or saying, God be with you, and not meaning it. You don't make your words true by embellishing them with religious lace. In making your speech sound more religious, it becomes less true. Just say yes and no. When you manipulate words to get your own way, you go wrong. Jesus calls for honesty in our language. Our words ought to matter. And they ought to reflect our hearts. Instead, we hide behind our words. Or worse still, our words become blunt weapons with which we bruise and batter one another. Jesus invites us to be both generous and gracious with our words. You and I easily identify and easily vilify public figures for their empty promises. The pledges made to gain our support that then disappear more rapidly than the campaigning posters and leaflets. Yet have we ever stopped to consider the promises we have made? Promises that we have made before God. Promises at our confirmation. Promises at our marriage service. 
promises at our children's baptism. And promises that we made to one another. That promise to meet. That promise to keep a confidence. That promise to support. That promise to be there. That promise to pray. Words can slip easily from our tongues. Easily and flippantly. They can also emerge with a hidden agenda, contrived and calculated to further our cause, not necessarily to bless or assist anyone else. Living generously means letting our words be transparent. Living generously means letting our words be truthful. And living generously means letting our words be trustworthy. And then Jesus continues. Here's another old saying that deserves a second look. Eye for eye, tooth for tooth. Is that going to get us anywhere? Here's what I propose. Don't hit back at all. If someone strikes you, stand there and take it. If someone drags you into court and sues you for the shirt off your back, gift wrap your best coat and make a present of it. And if someone takes unfair advantage of you, use the occasion to practice the servant life. No more tit-for-tat stuff. Live generously. Hands up anyone who never ever harbored the desire for revenge. No one's brave enough to do that. It's a universal experience, isn't it? One may, might also say it's instinctive. But Jesus again raises the bar. If he's raised the bar for us in terms of our language, in terms of our conversation, he then raises the bar in terms of confrontation. He says, don't hit back at all. That's what Jesus is saying. Don't hit back at all. We know from our vantage point of history that the Jesus who made these outrageous statements was not someone who said one thing and did another. Jesus who made this bold declaration, don't hit back at all, is the Jesus who hung on a cross after a seeming miscarriage of justice. He did so without any thought for revenge. His words to those who carried out this act of execution were these. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Jesus died. And Jesus rose again, not for vengeance, not for revenge, but for redemption. Not to get his own back, but to set his own free. To set people like you and me free. So when we hear Jesus say, don't hit back at all, we hear this from one who practices what he preaches. Now, there's no getting away from it. 
These are hard words. They are difficult words. And they are demanding words. And they're words we struggle to live. Yet if we ignore these words, if we argue and squirm our way around these words, we will find ourselves battered and bruised and broken. We will carry pain and we will inflict pain. And we will not know life. Living generously means responding with grace and mercy. It means meeting confrontation in whatever form it takes with a desire to bless and not belittle. And then Jesus, if, if having spoken about our words is not enough, if having spoken about Revenge is not enough. He then deals with the real heart issue of our enemies. He says, you're familiar with the old law. Love your friend and its unwritten companion. Hate your enemy. I'm challenging that. I'm telling you to love your enemies. Let them bring out the best in you, not the worst. When someone gives you a hard time, Respond with the energies of prayer. For then you are working out of your true selves, your God-created selves. This is what God does. He gives His best. The sun to warm and the rain to nourish. To everyone, regardless, the good and the bad, the nice and the nasty. If all you do is love the lovable, do you expect a bonus? Anybody can do that. If you simply say hello to those who greet you, do you expect a medal? Any run-of-the-mill sinner does that. As Jesus' audience listened to this teaching when he first delivered it as part of what we now call the Sermon on the Mount, they must have been struck by the way in which he was building up to this beginning with conversation or words, proceeding to confrontation or a desire for revenge, and then landing the sucker punch when he declares that in conflict we are to love and not hate our enemies. Is this for real? Must have been the thought going through their minds. Did I, did I actually hear him say that? There, there might have been that moment where somebody was nudging the person... What did he just say? Did, did he really say that? Does he really mean that? And the other person going, shh, I want to hear the next bit, shh. Can you do that? Can you love your enemies? Do you want to do that? Do you want to love your enemies? Truthfully, I can't. Truthfully, I don't want to. Yet when I read these words, I'm stopped in my tracks. When I read these words, I can go neither forwards nor backwards. And I can't go around them either. They're there. And they sit in front of me, and they challenge me. And they sit in front of me, and they call me. They invite me and inspire me and frighten me 
all in the same moment. In these words, above all words, I see who Jesus is. And I'm reminded of what Jesus did. And knowing who he is, and knowing what he's done, and what he continues to do in the lives of people, including me, makes these scary, searching, and devastatingly simple words all the more powerful. That's how they impact me. I don't know how they impact you. We look for answers for the divisions in our society, for our divisions in our world. We look for answers for the brokenness in our world. We look for answers for the inequality, the poverty, the pain, the helplessness. And we look for those answers in philosophies and policies and programs and promises and so-called powerful people. Yet this morning here we have in front of us the most powerful person ever to walk this earth. And he calls you and me to love our enemies. To let them bring out the best in you. Don't look now. But there are people sitting in this building that you find hard to love. In fact, they are so hard to love that you tactfully and tactically make sure you sit well away from them. Avoid all necessary contact with them. Don't look now. But there are people in this building you view as enemies. You would be happy if your paths never crossed again. Don't look now but there are people sitting in this building who find you hard to love. And there are people sitting in this building that view you as enemies. Tell me this is not true. And if it is true, if it's true here, how much more so when we step outside the doors of this building? So if Jesus calls us to love those we find hard to love, and to love those who are we see as enemies, then surely we must start here. And then we must carry it out there. And if we don't, then would someone like to tell me, what's the point? If we don't, would someone kindly tell me, what's the point? Why do we go through a charade a performance, a pretense, if we're not going to take the words of Jesus and live them. Living generously means giving our best without fear or favor to everyone, regardless. And so we come to the final words in the chapter. It's okay, I'm following this, not that. Jesus says, in a word, what I'm saying is, grow up. You're kingdom subjects. Now live like it. 
Live out your God-created identity. Live generously and graciously towards others the way God lives toward you. Grow up. This is what Jesus says. Live out your God-created identity. What truly matters is that you and I are in Christ. That's what it means to be Christians. We are in Christ, in relationship with Him in connection with him. We're part of his body. This above all else matters in Christ. And that bar that Jesus has been raising all morning, this generous, gracious living, is it really possible? Can you and I really live that way? Can we really let our yes be yes and our no be no? Can we really not seek revenge but seek blessing? Can we really love the enemy, whatever they do to us? In and of ourselves, no. We will fail. In Christ, yes. Yes, we can. The pattern for such living is set by God and demonstrated in Jesus. And the power for such living is supplied by God and delivered by His Holy Spirit who lives in you and in me. Jesus walks the path before us and He invites us to follow Will we go with him? Will we go on this journey together? With words that are transparent, truthful, and trustworthy? Responding to confrontation with blessing? And giving our best of everything without fear or favor to everyone, regardless? Live generously and graciously, says Jesus, toward others as God lives toward you. Let's pray. Father, wherever and whenever our words have been less than transparent, less than truthful, and less than trustworthy, we come to say sorry. And we come to seek your forgiveness. And we ask, Lord, that you would help us from this point on, having heard again these words of your Son, in your, your living word, that you would help us to be people of transparency and truthfulness and trustworthiness. Pour your Spirit upon us and help us to be those people as we seek to respond to your transparent, truthful, and trustworthy words to us. 
And Father, those thoughts that we harbor in our hearts, that we perhaps haven't even uttered to another human being, another living being, those thoughts of, of revenge, those desires to see others taken down a peg or two. Forgive us for harboring, for holding, for nurturing those thoughts. And help us, help us, Father, when we begin to feel such things or think such things. Help us to remember what it is your Son said on the cross. Father, forgive them. And may we be people who not only rejoice in being forgiven, but Father, may we be people who rejoice in forgiving others. And Father, those people who have caused us pain, those people we would call enemies, ever form they take. Will you help us to love them? We hold our hands up, Father. We, we, we don't know how to do that ourselves, so we need your Spirit to empower us to get beyond our hurt, to get beyond our pain, and to love. To love as you love us without fear or favor. Father, this is our prayer. We ask you to answer it. Answer it in our own individual circumstances. Answer it in our church family circumstances. Answer it in our city and country and world circumstances. Answer it, Lord, for your glory and your glory alone. Amen. Amen. We're going to sing our closing hymn, God of Grace and God of Glory. Prayer team will be available if anyone would like someone to pray with them. There's tea and coffee available this morning as well. Let's pray. Now may the grace and mercy and peace, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, be with each one of you, now and always. Amen.